Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Well, the national championship game that everybody thought was going to be lousy turned out to be one heck of a football game. And Rick Stroud, I'll let you talk about the quarterback from Alabama. I can't pronounce his name, but I know he's the star. <laughs> this was an unbelievable football game. Welcome into the Rick and Tom podcast. Tom Jones, Rick Stroud from the Tampa Bay Times, along with our producer, Steve Verstick. We are recording this game not long, or recording this podcast, not long after Alabama's unbelievable victory over Georgia. Rick, about halftime of this game, I was thinking, uh, because I really like this game. I like this matchup. I like the fact that it was the SEC. I didn't have any problem with it. All the UCF fans, I was trying to shut them down on Twitter. And at halftime, I was thinking, oh, what everybody said is true. It's a boring game. It's not going to be any good. No one's watching. People are going to criticize it. And then what happened in the second half was unbelievable. Rick, this was was as fun a second half as I've seen uh, in a long time for a college football game. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, instant classic, as they mm-hmm. say. And, you know, so for those complaining about two SEC schools and all that, if you stayed up and you really had to stay up with all these things, um, it was worth it. Look, I, I've never seen um, a kid who didn't play a meaningful snap. Now, you know, if you if you watched or didn't watch the game, it doesn't really matter. But, you know, Jalen Hurts has been the guy, you know, the last two years taking his 26 team. and 2, Rick. 26 yeah. and 2. He has to start. Two national champions. And he played, you know, here in Tampa last year, the guy played an amazing game. He threw the ball, he ran the ball, he gave him the lead with one minute to go, mm-hmm. you know, and Deshaun Watson drove his team back down and scored with one second to go. And that, that was at the time, and still is probably the greatest national championship game. I'll tell you, this one's in the top five yeah, it uh, is. for finishes. Uh, it was just incredible. But to think that you would take. At, at halftime, that Nick Saban would have the confidence, or maybe the lack of confidence, but to go to a freshman who hadn't taken what they said was a meaningful snap all year. Right. Uh, and Tua uh, Tagovailoa from Hawaii, from, by the way, St. Louis High School, the same high school as Marcus Mariota. Oh, no a story, kidding. A story I have on that a little bit later about Tua. Yeah. And he comes in and rallies Alabama, um, just just an incredible performance. You know, they, they needed some yards in the passing game. They just weren't weren't and he sparked them. And yet it looked like Georgia was in control of this game, Tom. And then at the end, I mean I hate to say it, looked like Jacob Frump sort of sort of uh felt yeah. like a freshman all over again. He didn't make big plays anymore. No, he didn't. He was making them in the first half. The game started off a little bit sluggish, but he was the better of the two quarterbacks between him and Hurts in the first half. But Georgia got off to the lead. They were able to start running the ball a little bit, and I thought they were going to wear Alabama down as the game went yes. on. We'll, give, we'll, we'll talk about Alabama, and their defense really stood up strong in the second half of this game, particularly late in the fourth quarter. But, Rick, let's go back to the change, the change of quarterback mm-hmm. where, where Nick Saban I mean, we can look back now. He's won now. He's won his sixth national sixth. title, Nick Saban. And you can the bear. Say, this was masterful. It was a masterful decision. Was it a masterful decision, or was it a simply a case of, boy, Jalen Hurts wasn't doing anything, and you couldn't do much worse than what he was doing? So it really wasn't worth – it really wasn't as big a gamble as it might have looked. 
Well, Tom, invention sometimes is is born of desperation. I mean, that's what this was. And then whether whether you thought this kid, you know, had to give you a spark or it was the only option you had, I mean, credit, you know, Tua for for not spending his thirty days before the bowl game, um, you know, just throwing balls at goalposts or, or you know, jacking around. He was prepared to play, and he competed, and that's what Alabama, you know, has been about, and that's what those coaches uh, get those guys to do, and. So, you know, obviously he performed, and I just, you know, it's a remarkable story. Um, the guy being from St. Louis High School, uh, you know, quarterback's now coming out of there because of Mariota out of You Hawaii. went down there, right? You were down there. Today. Yeah, you know, when Jameis Winston was being, um, him and, and Marcus were being considered for the first overall pick with the Bucks. I was in Hawaii for another, another purpose, but I used my time there um, to go to St. Louis High School and find out all about Mariota, and what I found out was that there's a lot of quarterbacks in the state of Hawaii that are skilled. Uh, maybe they're not all six foot four and going to play in the NFL. Um, but what's interesting is that you know, until Marcus really, um, you know, recruiters would go to Hawaii looking for defensive tackles, offensive linemen. You know, they did maybe a receiver once in a while, but quarterback was not was not really what they were coming there for. And Mariota kind of changed that, and, and guys started to get noticed, especially at his own high school. And Tua, as if I recall, and it was a while ago, but the timeline fits, uh, you know, because this was would have been, you know, three plus years. Um, they told me about this kid that they had Tua that was at that time a sophomore, uh, and he said, you know, we got we got guys that are playing now. They're going to be, you know, being recruited. I think at the time he was being recruited as a sophomore going his junior year or something like that. Um, to, uh, I think he said USC. Well, he winds up all the way at Alabama. So Nick Saban obviously found, uh, found his way out there to Ua Beach and, or Iwa Beach and, and, and found this kid. But, I mean, it, it just, you know, Georgia just seemed like they had it together, that this, they were the better team, and they had a freshman quarterback of their own from. And he answered, you know, when Tua came in and got them a touchdown pass and, and a drive, they answered with an 80-yard score, and I thought everything was – Right. Was on, calm, but, yeah, they had calmed everything down. Yeah, yeah, but what a what a great what a great night um, to watch a college football game and and uh, you know I think we talked about we'll talk about the kicker that uh, yeah poor that could have had a really terrible night if uh, if Alabama had lost. I I thought it was a gutsy decision by Nick Saban to make the move. Now here's the thing: when when Hertz was he, he obviously struggled in the first half. He couldn't throw the football, Rick, and that's sort no. of been the knock on him all along. If he has that's a weakness, right. he's much better with his legs than he is with his mm-hmm. arm. And maybe just maybe if that game had been a lot closer, the fact that Georgia was up, I think it was what twenty to seven at one point, it makes it a little bit easier. Uh, it might not have been that much, it, um, but the fact that they were up by a couple of scores at well, one point—I thought it was point, twenty to three at one point. Yeah, it? May, yeah, it, that makes it easier mm. to stick with the guy who can throw the football. If that game had been still zero zero at halftime, or maybe you know, just uh, if you're deep in the third quarter and the game's like three to nothing, then maybe you can sit there and stick with Jalen Hurts. But the fact that you needed somebody to throw the football, here's what I liked, Rick, and this is what I really liked was. They put the kid in there. He drives him to a score. But then he also throws an interception. Yes. And you're thinking, okay, here he is. Now nah, he's going to show up. That's right. That's right. And the very next possession, they get the ball back. And first play, right out of the gate, he, go, he drops back the pass. Now he ended up mm. running. He ended up scrambling out of the way because there was nobody open. But Nick Saban and, and his staff, they called up. They dialed up an, a, a passing play. And they mm. kept throwing the ball that entire series. That shows a lot of not only confidence in that kid, but – 
you know, Nick Saban's not going to shut it down or play around people, you know. And that, so that's why I, I thought it was a gutsy decision overall by by Nick Saban. I'm not surprised that they that he's now won his his sixth national championship. I think this has as much to do with Nick Saban as it does anything else. It was a it was I thought it was a masterful job by Nick. Saban. Uh, it was, and you know Georgia. I mean, really, Alabama should have been completely worn out. I mean, Georgia had the ball twice as long in the first half. Um, you know, they dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides, I thought. So they needed they needed to, to loosen things up. They needed to, uh, to make them play the whole field, especially on the back end. And they went with little tempo. And, and this kid, I mean, this kid was remarkable. I mean, he think about overnight, you know, you think about social media and, and the people that are on Twitter – uh, I was reading, you know, some there's some superstars, you know, that watch these games and start sure. tweeting about. It. Can you imagine being a 19 year old kid? His whole life has changed <laughs> in the last hour and a half. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's now a legend, a college football legend, coming off the bench as a freshman to win a national championship for Alabama. Bama. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't seriously. It, I mean, it's you know, we live in a world of of just you know instant um stardom and boy sure one was born tonight and um marcus won't have to worry about being the only guy getting mobbed on when he goes surfing out there it's you know because two is going to give him a run for his money and then how this whole thing got set up rick you mentioned you mentioned your boy there your your greek kicker uh, i felt sick for i felt sick for that kid Andy papanastos a, yeah i'm glad yeah i'll leave you pronounce that one too well, easy kick, easy kick. I mean, and he just for the, totally for the champion. I mean, for, imagine for being a senior, and um, you know, Steve Versnick, our producer, said that uh, his family had had um, tickets to Alabama for twenty years. This kid's been going to games, um, and you're a senior, and and you know, it's clear that they're going to try to kick a field goal here. They're well within field goal range. It's a thirty-six yarder, and they're just trying to center the ball. In fact, they put Hertz back in because the kid. The, the freshman almost ran out of time. They had to call timeout. They just wanted to run a play and then call timeout. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, it, and, and all the while you see him over there warming up, you're going, okay, you know, and you do. You feel I've always had a soft spot for anybody in college football that runs out there to make a game-winning field goal or a big kick because, you know, you just you just don't want them to miss. I mean, you kind of you just imagine your son or or yourself <sighs> or somebody in that situation. It's so so much pressure, and you know the hundreds of thousands and millions of Alabama fans are going to lose their minds and send this kid God knows what. And all your teammates who've just killed themselves for for four you know, hours, eight, yeah, for four hours and eight months, you know, and, and eight, yeah, in all some the, cases, all this, four yeah. years, you know, right? And you're looking, yeah, and, and you're Nick Saban, Nick Saban, his legacy to six national title. You like, as soon as you missed it, like Saban, I don't know if you read his lips, Ty so Bear Bryant, <laughs> yeah. and all of a sudden you're, yeah, and you're, and and I, I even tweeted out right before he lined up for the kick. I said, look, I don't root for anybody to win or lose. I didn't care who won this game, but right? Please, but let, I want this kid. Please to make let this. this kid make this kick, and it was, and it was the kind, it was the kind of kick that you knew he just completely choked oh, yeah. you know like he just i mean this thing duck hooked and and he you know he overthought it over kicked it over swung whatever you do when you when you when you shank eponymous one um but they said his imagine, foot slipped. they said his foot slipped i said yeah on his throw up <laughs> but yeah, exactly. he stepped in his vomit on the way to the <laughs> to the kick <laughs> he was so i good. mean i mean what would have happened you know like you can't go back thank god and change history but like you, somebody would have to keep a close watch on Andy for the rest of his life because I don't know what night go to sleep and not and not have the same feeling and nightmare of that ball 
in the national championship and the, the way your teammates are going to look at you. And, of course, they're all going to say, oh, Andy, you know, one play. It's just one play, man. We had chances to win. It's not. But, but hell, yeah, it was your missed 36-yard sure. field goal that lost in that. That lost a national championship and tra- changed the legacy for two programs. And so thank goodness uh, for him and for Alabama. And, you know, the overtime, Tom, I've seen this too many times, and Georgia should know better because it happened. Uh, they were the benefit of it, or benefactor of it the other day when they played in the Rose Bowl against Oklahoma. When these teams get in overtime, Tom, they suddenly turtle. Like it's, the, you know, get re- real conservative, run on first down, run on second down, and you know what you're getting on third down. You're getting a blitz yeah. and a sack in this case. And they got bailed out by their place kicker who nails a 51-yarder um, to give them the lead. Well, what for me, what was impressive is that, um, you know, you have Alabama, they missed this kick, and you figure they're devastated at that right at the end of the regulation. Right, and then, then, and then they get the sack, and then the guy nails a 51-yarder. And the last thing you want to do at this point is send your kicker back out there mm-hmm. after not only he's missed two on the game, including the one that could have won it, Right mm-hmm. after the other guy's kicker just kicked the fifty-one yarder because you know everybody's saying to him, "Hey, our kicker can make kicks. How come you can't?" And and they still had enough mental fortitude to pull that game out. And what a throw by that kid! By the way, on the on the on oh. the uh, game winning uh, game winning throw, he looks the safety off. You know, well, and yeah, then, it's incredible. I mean, and, and the thing about you know on first down, so Alabama goes out there, they're down by three, they get the ball for the first time in overtime, and the kid makes a mistake. Yeah, freshman um, mistake. He, he, takes a he, sack. He, he he takes a sack in that situation. Sixteen that, yards. Sixteen yeah, yards back. It's a big yeah. one. You're at the forty-one yard line. You're out of field goal range, and and you've you know got a long climb just to get back in it, and it's a first down sack. So you have a couple downs left, and I'm thinking, okay, well now they probably have to throw or you know something in the flat, try to get some yards back. I thought they'd they throw get, a screen pass or something. Yeah, or just, something you know, to get simple. Some yardage. Not this there. kid. He looks up. He sees cover two. <laughs> And the safety's in the middle of the field, and all he does is look him, you know, look him off, and it comes back, you know, down the sidelines for a freaking great throw for a touchdown. It was, I'm sure Georgia is going to have a lot of explaining to do about that defense that they were in at that particular moment. Um, but basically, what they're playing is zone because they just want to keep everything in front of them, and yet they didn't get the safety over, and the guy, you know, basically ran by the defender, and he made a great throw. Rick, now you start to look at this thing, and I, is there any question now? Nick Saban, um, is there? I, I would put him up there as the greatest college football coach that I've ever seen. Now, I don't remember. Obviously, I wasn't around for Newt Rockney and people like that, and and what Bear Bryant did was incredible. But it seems like it was a different game back then, Rick. When it seems like back then, uh, you could you could recruiting was different. Every, every, there was everything. There weren't as many teams maybe that were as good. It just seems harder in today's college football to sustain success like Alabama has sustained. Six national championships, Rick. That's incredible what he's done. Now, well, you can two make, and three. How this... about the fact that he's played two and three years? Oh, yeah. I mean, he, they've lost national championships. And they've, they've the played three in a row. I mean, he almost lost his second in a row, but they've now played three national championship games in a row and won two of them. Now, you can make the argument, and I know what people will say is, okay, uh, maybe Alabama, Alabama, no matter how what you think of playoffs or – or what do you, you know? Your whole UCF thing, which I don't even want to get into because I knocked heads with those people all night. But uh, you could still make the argument that if it was the old system up until the, the playoffs, that they wouldn't even have been in the national championship this year. Uh, that that they right. even as the fourth team, that's not good enough to be in the BCS where we only pick two teams. Or way back in the day when 
you know, it was people just voted on who the national champion was. Sure. And without winning the SEC, they would never gone to Sugar Bowl, blah, blah, blah. They wouldn't be in it. But nevertheless, Rick, I'm just blown away at the sustained success. And I know there's an argument to be made, and you could say this about college basketball, Mike Krzyzewski or Gino Ariyama at, uh, at UConn, that a lot of ways it's on cruise control. It's almost like... They almost tell. They almost like weed out who they don't want to come to Alabama as much as they want people to come to Alabama. They don't have to sell the program quite as hard to say, you know, Dan Mullen's going to have to sell Florida at this point. Nevertheless, hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So I'm just, again, flabbergasted that they're getting everybody's best game every week and they're still, I mean, they're putting up national champion. And look, they got a freshman came off the bench, Rick. I never heard a guy ten minutes ago, and and now he's he's a a college legend. This is unbelievable yes. what Saban has done. Is there anybody uh, that you would even put in the same category as him all time, even? Um, no, I mean, Bear Bryant is the closest thing you have, right? Sure. And and um, you know, it's. Uh, you know, you heard about Nick Saban, I mean, years and years ago. I can remember, you know, covering the Bucks in the early days um, when I was doing it and talking to Rich McKay. Uh, Nick Saban was at Michigan State. And I, I can remember Rich saying that, that this was the guy they wanted. And, you know, he ended up as a head coach. I mean, he never interviewed or, or I don't know what happened. But, you know, he ends up, um, think about this, him and Bill Belichick on the same staff of the Cleveland Browns, as was a lot of great coaches. But... Uh, you know, he is he he is Belichickian. He is college football's Belichick um, and maybe a little bit better, you know, and I still and I still believe completely that, you know, if you go back and see what he did with the Miami Dolphins, uh, they were they were on their way. Now, the biggest mistake they made and Nick will say this, he may have never gone to Alabama, but, you know, they had a choice between Dante Culpepper and Drew Brees. Both of them were coming off major surgeries. Drew's was a little worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the shoulder, and Culpepper had a knee, and they took Culpepper, and Breeze went to the Saints, and the rest is history. Um, but this is just one of those, we're living in a time where, you know, and, and I'm with you, Tom, I, I actually think it's, I think it should be harder to do what he's doing. Um, because, you know, back in the day, you had your Penn States, and you had your Notre Dames, and, you know, you can name you can name have yeah, USC, Texas, USC. Yeah, I mean, you know, John McKay won a bunch, and it just seemed it seemed like, you know, whether it was Texas or Oklahoma, there was there was a dozen schools and only a dozen that were ever going to win. Um, but now, you know, with with the you know, just social media again, uh, television, these games being all on TV, um, you know programs able to spring from almost nowhere the organs of the world for example mm-hmm. um you know all of a sudden i think it's i think the field is wide open i think you can see any number of teams and yet we always see alabama in the mix and when they get to this game they rarely lose it which was makes what clemson did a year ago even 
even more uh, um, remarkable with Deshaun Watson. Um, but that's the kind of effort it took. And it took, oh, by the way, he scored with one second to go in a game to win that national <laughs> yeah, title. Right, right. Does does he, Rick, I mean, if you're Nick Saban now, is there, do you ever see a scenario where he'd go back to the NFL at this point? Or is he, do you think he's at an age now and he's just got things rolling at Alabama? He just he just wants to ride out at Alabama now. For, or maybe you know, could go to another school. There were rumors a few years ago about Texas or whatever. Oh, more than rumors. More than, much more than rumors. He was gone. He was going to Texas, in my opinion. And, you know, because his agent's Jimmy Sexton, and, and I know how Jimmy works these things. And, um, you know, Nick was, you know, well, you know, I never talked to Texas. No, no, your representative did, okay? So um, it looked like, you know, he and, and what had happened at that point, you know, and just listening to the interviews was that, Saban felt like, you know, these, these Alabama fans are crazy. They're driving me nuts. Right. I win a couple national titles, and when you don't win one, if you have a year where you don't win a national title, these people are like, what? You know, <laughs> what, what happened? And, and he, he was really, I think he was wearing on him. I was wearing on him that, that the definition of a good season was a national championship. And when would they ever have enough? And when would they ever appreciate how hard it is to win it? Well, the problem is you just keep winning them. And so they, you've, you've created, you know, your own monster now. And, and now there's six of them uh, for him personally uh, in college football, including one at LSU. And, um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, in my lifetime, there's not a better college football coach. Uh, you know, and I, I lived during the Bear Bryant, obviously. But sure, yeah. I'm just saying, like, for the guys that I've actually, you know, watched and, and seen. But, no, I don't think he goes to the NFL again because – I don't. I don't know that he has this, you know, insatiable reason to want to, you know, prove to somebody that that could have worked too. I think at this point, you, you know, you've proven that you can coach ball, you know, pretty much anywhere yes, you right. go. I I believe that he stays at Alabama. And here's the thing, Rick. And I realize it ended the way it ended was a dramatic ending to a football game. But watching his reaction, and people were joking before the game, even on Twitter. I was on Twitter a lot during the game. People were joking about, well, maybe we'll see Nick Saban smile after the game. And he has this mm-hmm. reputation of that, that he's not even enjoying all this. You know, it's, That's it just right. seems so miserable. Like it's tortured. Yeah, he's tortured. Right, yeah, yeah. And, and I watched his reaction, Rick, after the game. And he, t- and he had an interview with, I think it was Tom Rinaldi. He said, it's the happiest I've ever been in my life, mm-hmm. right after the game. And his kicker said, yeah, me too. But it was yeah. it was. He got a, emotional, actually. I mean, I thought he, he was, I thought yeah. he was emotional for him. Um, right. you know, you can almost see some, some watery eyes or something. I don't know, but it still means something to him. It still means something oh, to win a national championship listen. at Alabama, even though he's done it a billion other times. The thing about, the thing about coaching that people don't always get is that, uh, you know, and Nick was quick to say, well, what about tying Bear Bryant? He goes, look, I don't care about all that. I really don't. Um, now, you know, of course he does on some level, you know, he, he wants, he, you always want to be the best, right? You want to be the greatest ever. Um, but as a coach, you know, when you, when you go back to whenever these guys lift their first weight in the, in the spring or, um, you know, you spend months and months and months and you go through the season and, and you know, you see these guys get better and, and, and it's, about, it's about watching this group of guys because every team's different. You know, this Alabama team, there will be guys that will move on and, and next year's a, wholly, a totally different team. Yeah, sure. there will be some holdovers and things. But but it was about this team. It was about this group of guys, and you know they they lost a game and they got into the tournament and they battled their way through. And this game was lost. And 
you know, it's it was a resilient bunch, and you could tell that Nick really, really enjoyed um, this group of players because they lost a good number of players after last year's national championship game. So he was he, and, and I mean, come on, man, freshman quarterback who didn't take a very meaningful snap comes off the bench and does that and becomes a, a, a you know the best left-handed quarterback since Kenny the Snake uh, <laughs> exactly. at Alabama. I mean, it's unbelievable what just happened. It's it was fun to watch, and I think as time goes by, we'll start to respect it even more and more. And Rick and I, this game, I believe, sort of redeemed itself. There were a lot of people out there, and I even, you know, I said the same thing on Twitter. If you boycotted this game, you're an idiot. But does this game, in your mind, did, did that at least um, sort of? Uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about, well, that we should have a playoff, and this is what you get. You get two SEC teams, and what about UCF? And we should have had. Uh, you know, Ohio State should have been in here, and we could have USC, and we could have yeah. all these great matchups. And this is, and we're going to end up with a bad game. Does does this change that narrative at all, Rick? Or, or is there still people going to wake up tomorrow saying, "Ah, this was great, but we still need an 18 playoff"? Yeah, everybody. Who, yeah, absolutely. Everybody that's not from the SEC or that's not from Georgia <laughs> and Alabama are going to say exactly that. I mean, that's that's just the you know that's the world we live in. But um, and I'm okay with with expanding the playoffs. I'm fine with it. Uh, you know, but I still think that the, that the teams that were identified as the top four were probably the top four teams in the country, uh, and and I think Alabama is is now clearly the the best team. Look, that Georgia team was remarkable. That Oklahoma team was really really good. Clemson earned their way. They they proved not to be as good because of their quarterback situation, and he got exposed by a very good Alabama team that wanted revenge from last year, um, but. You know, if the goal was to get the four best teams in the country, I think they did that. Now, you know, there will always be debate, you know, and that I think that actually adds more interest, to be honest with you, to college football because what are we talking about each week when the polls come out? What are we yeah. talking about when they reach the Final Four? Um, you know, and yet, Tom, I got to tell you, um, for me, and I – I would rarely say this because I've never believed this until recently. This year in particular, college football was such a much, much, much better product for the viewer than the NFL. It's not even close. Really? To me. Is that that more, is that, when you say that, is that because you think college football has really stepped up its game the last few years, or does the NFL have serious issues? I think I think it's a combination. I think it's a combination, but I no, I think I think the college games are closer. I think there's there's you know more parity, which is, and here we're sitting here with Alabama with its you know fifth national title or whatever. But in, in general, I think that you know every game seems to matter now where that wasn't always the case. It, it, mm-hmm. The thing I hated about college football when I covered it, and I covered the University of Florida back in the Emmett Smith days, was that to me, if you if you covered a good team, and Florida at one time was a good team um, before Galen Hall and all that stuff sure. uh, went to hell. But when, if you covered a college football game, what I could not stand about covering it, in addition to the complete hypocrisy of the business of college football, which is another subject, um, was that there would be maybe three games that mattered. And when I say mattered, like you knew you were going to curb stomp everybody else. You know, right. like even in the SEC, you know, Ole Miss was not going to beat Florida. You know, Kentucky was, um, not Kentucky beat was never going to beat Florida. Vanderbilt was not going to beat Florida. Exactly. And, and so you go through the whole schedule and go, okay, we got Georgia, you know, Florida-Georgia game. 
the last game of the season against Florida State, and maybe if it was Auburn or LSU, maybe one other game. The rest right. of them, I was just burning my gas up to Gainesville and back, and and mm-hmm. I, I could have could have written the stories, you know, most of the time by halftime. Um, it was out of hand, um, you know, whether it was conference, non-conference, it didn't seem to matter. And, and I just thought, gosh, it's just such a waste of energy. And why, you know, why are fans so behind watching, you know, Florida beat Vanderbilt again, you know, and, and just, mm-hmm. it just didn't make, and it seemed like that was the norm, you know, um, if you were in the, you know, the big 12, if Oklahoma and Nebraska were playing, okay, they're good. But then Kansas was never going to beat anybody. Kansas right. State was never going to beat anybody, you know, and, and, and Oklahoma State was never going to beat Oklahoma. Now, to me, it's all changed. Now, to me, uh, because of television, because these kids are on TV no matter where they go, um, because of social media and the marketing uh, that these in the recruiting that they're able to do, um, I just think I just think there's more parity. And again, I'm, I recognize Alabama won again no, when I say I this, yep. but I just think it's a better product because. You know the the NFL. I mean the game. The games are slower. It just, I don't know. I can't explain it. I just with the games. When I sat down on Saturdays uh, to watch college football, I enjoyed it way more um, than anything I saw, even in the highlights on Sundays. I still really believe that that it's because the regular season is is so important that that's what makes it so much mm-hmm. more exciting. And but to 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 your argument, Rick. And I've had this in the past where I was fine with two teams making it. I like the BCS mm-hmm. personally. I, I thought they got it right every year. And I used to make the argument that that makes the regular season so much more important. And a lot of people come back to me, and the more I thought about it, they were kind of right, is that you think that the games are important, but a lot of games aren't. Because once, let's for use example Florida, once you lose two games, okay, pretty much yeah. every game you play after that is not important, even if and you're a pretty good team. that was my problem. My problem was is that you had to be undefeated. Or maybe right. one loss. And, and by the time you, you lost, got to the end of the season, we're really talking about only six teams were playing games that mattered. That's As right. opposed to, you know. However, I will say this, like with the NFL, probably as good a game as we've seen in the NFL this season was New England and Pittsburgh. Now, ultimately, it's mm-hmm. going to have an impact on the playoffs because Pittsburgh yeah, ended up going to New bay. England. because. Of, but at the time, even though it was a great game, it was a controversial ending, we all talked about it, it wasn't a do or die. You know, the Stewarts didn't get eliminated from the, from the playoffs that day. They just, they're still going. Whoever lost that game, it didn't ruin their season. Whereas, right. you know, if, if you're if you're a, a t, if you're Auburn and you lose the SEC title game, that ruins your season. You're done. You're not you're not going to the to the college football playoff. That's why I like I, that's why I like the system the way it is now with with fewer teams. I, I, I'd be good with six or eight. I don't think that's going to ruin the regular season for anybody else. But um, but ultimately, again, the the team that. Deserved to win the national championship, won the national championship, uh, and and that was Alabama. So and if Georgia I, had the end, won, gotta, they would have yeah. deserved it. You know, I mean, Georgia was. I mean, I thought they were a great story, and and you know, um, you know the 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 mentor against the pupil, and it looked like the, it looked like Saban was going to lose, um, but probably a lot of unhappy people to watch Alabama win it again, especially the way it went down. Tell me George, if Georgia had tell, a man. Tell me, Rick, if you live in Atlanta, you're a little kid that lives in Atlanta, and you're mm. a big Georgia fan and Atlanta Falcons fan. Can you think of worse back-to-back years? Oh, that's right. Than to, that's to right. Go, to blow the championship in both sports you've never won. Or, you know, Georgia hasn't won since what? Yeah, and really when you think about it, or whatever. when you think about it, Belichick is Brady. You know, I mean, <laughs> Bra- Belichick is Saban. 
So yeah. it's really like you lost to the same guy in a sense, you know. Yeah. Because you lost to a dynasty. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that wasn't good. You're right. Wow. Yeah. yeah tough awful. day to be a Georgia fan for sure. <laughs> Just awful. But a great game for college football and something I'm sure we'll, we'll be talking about um, for weeks to come, for, for years that to come. So it's got, it was a, <laughs> all-time classic. And feel good for that kicker from Alabama that he can go back home again. Um, coming up on our next podcast, uh, we'll record that on Tuesday as the Tempe Lightning are back in town. It's the halfway point of the Lightning season, so we'll sort of look at the half uh, halfway point of the Lightning. We'll look at the uh, what they've done well, what they need to improve upon, and team MVPs, biggest surprise, biggest disappointment, so forth. So we'll do that on our next podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast. We're on Twitter at Rick Tom Podcast at NFL Stroud and at Tom W. Jones. Thanks again to our producer, Steve Versnick. Hope you enjoyed the championship game. Talk to you next time when we talk Tampa Bay Lightning Hockey. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 